narcissists. They're everywhere. <laughs> you don't have to look that far, guys. As we wrap up for the holidays and Thanksgiving's coming around, you're probably going to encounter Uncle Narcissist at your Thanksgiving meal. So I want to equip you as part of our show, which the goal of this show, the Christophanic show, is to help you live a joyful life, the joyful life that God has created you for. I want to equip you to stay sane, have the right perspective, and to cope with the narcissists in your life from a Christian perspective. So during this mind-blowing interview, I sit down with Dr. Peter Malinowski. Uh, trigger warning. Dr. Peter is an expert at helping love people out of narcissism, helping understand where narcissists are coming from so that he could sit down with them in that emptiness and show them the love of God in the midst of that. Now, if you're coming from a place where your life has been turned upside down, destroyed in many ways by a narcissist in your life, um, this episode might trigger you a little bit because you're hearing these calls to love and you're thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa I have to self-protect. Okay, I'm, uh, by no means am I overlooking that reality. If you have to love yourself, first and foremost, and Jesus said to love others as you love yourself, if you've had to self-protect and distance yourself from a narcissist and express love for that narcissist by drawing firm boundaries, everything you're about to hear is not in conflict with that reality. So that's totally okay. However, if we're going to next level live, live that joyful life that God created us for, even with people who have hurt us or we're self-protecting from, we need to understand where they're coming from, to pray for them, to have compassion on them. Because very often, narcissism doesn't, and you'll hear this in the interview, come from a place of, of malice, but from a place of profound emptiness. So this is going to help you have some peace, even if your life has been radically turned upside down by a narcissist in your life. And again, just in time for the holidays. Now, uh, if you're watching, you're watching this right now because our missionaries of joy have made this possible. If you've been watching from the sidelines, jump in, go to reallifecatholic.com today and become a missionary of joy and make all this wonderful and amazing work happen. And be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and share. Love you guys. Dr. Peter Malinowski, I got your name right, didn't I? You did. I am so excited to talk to you right now. I've been looking forward to this all week. Uh, there, there's so many people who struggle with what the heck is narcissism? How do I deal with it? I think I'm dealing with a narcissist maybe and I'm miserable and I don't know how to get out of the misery. Uh, define it for us. What is narcissism? So this is something that most people will define incorrectly. Okay. Right? Because they're going to look at what are the behavioral manifestations of it. And I'm much okay. more interested in what's going on at the core. Mm -hmm. And if you start at the core, it makes it so much easier to understand. Okay. So what I'm going to say is that when you look at the heart of a narcissist, yeah. you're going to see a void. You're going to see things missing. And that's what they're desperately defending against. It's been I'm, said I'm that, sad. what's that? I'm yeah, sad. it's sad, right? But, but the way that they come across and the way they try to compensate for that void within, for that emptiness, for that nothingness, it's a perceived nothingness inside, they go about it in such a way that they alienate other people and they put themselves further behind like the possibility of actually getting the love that they need. So that's the tragedy oh. of narcissism. It's literally the opposite of what most people would think. It's the opposite of what most people would Right, because the expression, the symptoms often comes off as, I'm, I'm, I'm trumping everybody else, I'm overly uh, ambitious, I'm, I'm full of pride, and then that's pouring out. But it's right. really emptiness right. pouring out. So what's happening is, it's, it's often said that narcissists love themselves too much. It's a disorder of self-love. Mm. And the problem is, is that narcissists don't love themselves enough in the right way. They don't love themselves enough in the right way. 
Are they, are they usually aware of no, that? Totally clueless. And the reason the reason is is because if they were to come in contact with that level of emptiness, with that level of nothingness inside, mm. it would totally destabilize them. It would actually it would blow the wheels off their cart. So this is why they're so heavily defended against it. Wow. And so when you try to point out that there are problems, you know, when you try to point yeah. out that they've, that they've got flaws or that they sinned or anything like that, what happens is it's like if they give up the, the, the self-perceived perfection, yeah. there's like a crack in that dam, everything seems, everything's going to fall apart. That's what they fear. And so... The, 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 so they won't even let themselves look at. They where it's won't. No, from. no, no. People think that they that they know, but their experience is that they actually. Well, two things. It's split. Okay. Right? At some level, they know that they are gravely. Um, Something's off. Right word? That they're yeah. That there's that there's dysfunction. That there's disorder. I was going to say deformed. That's how they feel. All right, mm-hmm. at, at a core level, but that's so suppressed. So they don't feel the pain of it because they don't feel so, the pain so of it in conscious awareness a lot of the time. But if if they get punctured, okay, if their if their defenses get punctured, mm-hmm. if somebody comes in and let's say for example, their a wife divorces a narcissistic husband, mm-hmm. okay, if, and and so now it's out there for everybody to see that she's abandoned him. Wow. Then there can be a, a decompensation. Then then things can really fall apart really quickly for for somebody like that what's that look like when it falls apart really <laughs> well it, it depends by the person right some will withdraw and hide others will um will will get really desperate you can see suicides in that kind of thing mm. uh, sometimes for example when you have guys that have job loss you know and that they they were really invested in their profession but they yeah. made a big mistake or something like that um, the shame, because that's what you got to get to with the, at the very core of all of this is the shame. The shame becomes overwhelming. They don't know what to do. They've, they're not looking in the right places for affirmation. And, um, and they wind up off and taking their lives. That that's can awful. happen. That's awful. So, so, you know, narcissists get this really, really bad rap. They get demonized. Yeah. They, get, they get condemned. And what I'm offering is to say, hey, look, let's take a look not at just what the surface presentation is, yeah. but let's actually get into the heart of the narcissist. And, uh, mm. and I don't even like using that word, into the heart of the person who's got these narcissistic dynamics, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, um, and see what's going on at that level. Uh, since it expresses in a way that to the outsider will, 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 will look like selfish jerk mm-hmm. or someone who's just, uh, I mean, on the spiritual spectrum, someone who's suffering from some kind of oppression, you know, all these things can be mixed up, right? Uh, and just hearing your description of narcissism, I could see how profoundly damaging it would be to treat the person who's coming from a place of emptiness as if they're just being selfish. Like, let's say a parent mm-hmm. has a kid mm-hmm. with narcissistic personality disorder who's constantly getting corrected for their, quote, self-centeredness right. and pride. Um, how, how, does, how does the outsider discern the difference well, I'm going to recommend that you don't. Okay. First okay, off, okay. Um, because what you're doing then is you're you're going to judge another soul. Mm. All right. If you're don't trying to figure try. out, if you're going to try to figure out like how sinful is this guy, versus you know how much is this natural causes, you're in, you're getting yourself involved in some. Thank in some you, activities. Lord, that I'm not like this tax collector. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know. Now, at the same time, yeah. When you're working with somebody, you're living with somebody, you know, that's got narcissistic dynamics. 
you have to make some kinds of evaluations about what might be helpful. So the first thing I would say is when when you are um, encountering this, is to slow down and really work with yourself first. Mm, Really work with yourself first. Uh, So many times, the problem seems to be so clearly lodged in the other person, right? We've got this external focus. And, um, and when, it, when, when somebody that's got these dynamics can soften, when they can, when they can actually feel safe enough, vulnerable enough to be able to recognize their own need, then the healing can begin. So, so someone with narcissistic personality disorder can soften up, up enough to, to calmly look at that emptiness inside. It, you know, can, they can I, get to that place. I do not pray to St. Jude when I'm working with narcissists. I don't pay, yeah. pray to the patron saint of lost causes. Yeah. They, if, the, if they experience the, the right conditions, absolutely. They've got to will it, okay? They, yeah. you can't, it's just not an automatic thing. But almost always, almost always, including in therapy, almost always they get something back that they don't want and that's not helpful. Mm. And so, because people are, are buying into the sort of image that they're projecting, that they're tough, that they're strong, you know, that they're, that they're, they're admirable. And they're good at selling that image, but that image is gonna kill them. You know, so, so the, the, when I hear that you can't treat narcissists, you know, and I hear this a lot, Right, right. That's that's just totally not true. So they can get better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Someone can absolutely. be cured of narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah, I would or learn how to definitely. manage it. See, I don't, I don't like the learn how to management thing. Okay, because yeah, yeah, that yeah. that right there, then you're just dealing with symptoms, right? Mm. Then you're just managing the symptoms, and basically what you what you have are people with their authority, their white coats on, they're intoning. There's nothing that can be done. For narcissists, <laughs> except to keep coming to me and giving me a hundred dollars a week yeah, for the well, rest of your life. <laughs> but, but, but but if you if you actually enter into their phenomenological worlds, if you can actually be with them in what they fear, mm. um, and you accept them, and for the first time in their lives, they're seeing themselves through oh. the eyes of somebody that really knows them and loves them. That's what cures. That moves me to tears hearing you say that. Yeah, because I could see the rush that you get and why you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. That's the ultimate search and rescue. Just to go inside, <laughs> right? On the inside. It's on the inside, you know, and that's incredible. and and that's hard to do if you're married, you know, to the mm. person uh, to be able to because there's a mutuality in marriage, yeah. you know, that where you have some some expectations and some hope for reciprocity. Yeah. Um but yeah, absolutely. If you can understand how that came to be, how that was a reaction, how the narcissistic dynamics were a reaction to trying not to be overwhelmed or destroyed by the environment and the circumstances growing up. This is not something that people choose. This is a hand that gets dealt to you. All these dynamics are usually well in place by the time you've reached the age of reason. Wow. Wow. So this isn't like something that people choose in terms of in terms of like the presentation. Now what you do with that hand that's dealt to you, there that's where that's where all of the uh, the uh the, what, the importance What causes it? I mean, that's yeah. I mean that's the million dollar question probably, but could give me a, a little example of, of one or two things that might sure. kick someone into that mode. Narcissists have never, so folks that have narcissistic personality disorder, the, the, the diagnosis, yeah. typically have never really been seen, heard, known, or loved by anybody. How sad. 
you know, uh, I, you know, I, and, and at a, at the deep level have never been able to see themselves through loving eyes. Wow. Now they've been loved by God, yes, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And that's a huge part of a lot of the healing at some point. Um, mm. but usually it's not going to start with God, at least not in my experience. Now okay. I'm a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. And so I tend to work with things, you know, really on a natural level, but, um, but yeah, somebody that, um, that they respect, that actually loves them and is willing to stay with them through the intensity mm -hmm. of, of this process. Because at some, because what, narciss, what narcissistic dynamics involve, and this is really important, is idealization and devaluation. Idealization is you're the greatest ever, you're the most wonderful <laughs> person ever, I can't believe yeah. I ever found somebody so wonderful as you. What great words. And, I'm catching, and, I'm catching and, them as you and, throw them and, and, then, and then devaluation <laughs> is the other side of the coin, right? Mm. You're worthless. I can't believe I wow. ever got involved with you. And the, but and, either and, of those things is you matter a lot to my, me right now. Well, I'm you saying know, a lot of or strong at least you, you did, right? Because yeah. it's sort of like this, the devaluation can kind of be like you're dead to me now. But wow. the but the reason is is because there was there was a a, a re-injury or re, a re-wounding there. So what I'm really what I'm really want to emphasize is can we weather that? Because we can expect that when yeah. you're working with somebody yeah. that's got narcissistic dynamics. As a therapist, for example, you're going to be the greatest therapist uh, at some points, and you're going to be the the, the, the worst therapist possible at other wow. times if it's really strong. Wow. Now, the other thing I would say is that this is something we all have to some degree. This is something. Well, that I we want to get into have. that in the next interview okay. entirely. All right, all right. Well, we're going to we're going <laughs> to pick apart our, our right, inner I'll, narcissist. You tell me. You yeah. tell me. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what. But uh, uh, when you, as a, as a therapist, have that breakthrough moment with a narcissist, and and. You, do you break the news or do you wait for them to see it? Like, I, I try to not tell my clients anything. Okay. To be okay. honest, I let them experience what they experience and let them tell me. Okay. You know, because, because wow. again, for most people have been told yeah. like what they, what they need or what would be good or what yeah. would be right. And, and it didn't stick. Okay. So I would rather them come to me and say, you know what? You're the first person that I think has ever loved me or the first person that's ever known me. Wow. Um, and, um, and I think that's true. I don't think we know each other very well. Yeah. I don't think we do. And part of that is because we don't know ourselves very well. Mm. And St. Thomas Aquinas is really clear that if you don't know yourself and you don't love yourself, that's going to sort of be the limit to which you can connect with anybody else, that you wow. can love anybody else. You cannot love, he will say, you cannot love your neighbor more than you love yourself. Wow. Because you need this internal unity right? Yeah. What happens in narcissism is you get split, you get fragmented inside because, uh -huh. you know, there's this part of you that carries the shame and it's so threatening that it's buried wow. by these parts of you that are, you know, are presenting to the world that you have this carefully curated, wonderful image. Mm. And this part of this other part of you that's going to attack anybody that begins to threaten that image. Like you're very fragmented and these parts do not really have a, 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 an integrated understanding of who you are. So you need a profound self-knowledge to healthily deal with someone who's got narcissistic tendencies in your life. Yes, yeah. with one exception. Like if you, if you are beginning to set some limits and boundaries, you know, to protect yourself, mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that, that also can be, that can, that can be really important. But yeah, if you, if you really want to love others, and this is what narcissists need, Yeah then you really need to be well-grounded, really need to, to be able to love yourself mm. in an ordered way. 
right? Yeah. And and that's the critical thing. St. Thomas is really big on it in, in an ordered way. He would actually say you're going to love yourself one way or another. You're either going to love yourself in an ordered way yeah. or you're going to love yourself in a disordered way So or somewhere in between. So part of that self-love is having healthy boundaries, which is really, I mean, it's really hard for a lot of people. It's really hard for me. It's one of my great weaknesses, right? <laughs> it's um, it, it's the ability to say no to somebody. Right. And if you if I run into someone who's got narcissistic tendencies or, or even full disorder, um, I'm that person's dream. <laughs> I, I, I actually told my, 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 my teenage daughter, asked me, Dad, what's that, that thing you're struggling with? I'm like, I just feel like I need to make everybody happy without missing a beat. She goes, can I have a puppy? Beautiful. She knows how to work it. She got a good laugh out of that. But, um, you know, so when it comes to, to, I think one of the ways narcissists probably need love is, is that you have your healthy sen- sense of your own boundaries, right? Um, but... I, someone who's great at being a narcissist, we're all great at being ourselves, right? right. Is going to be great at, at, if they're a kid, picking away at those natural tendencies in a parent that, well, if you don't do this, you're not loving me. Or as a Christian, you know, if you're not putting up with me, you're not loving me. Or maybe they'll blow their own life up in a way that says, I'm in a house that's on fire. I, I started the fire. But you have to come rescue me now. <laughs> So right. let me. What, let do you, me, what do you do? Just stand outside the house and well, say sorry, burn down. Let's back it up just a bit. Yeah. Because first of all, let's talk a little bit about like what I call complementary pathologies. Mm. Right. All right. So somebody that is really dominated by narcissistic parts has a strong need to be admired in order to try to fill this void I was talking about mm. within. Right. So that person is going to look for someone who is willing to idealize him mm. or willing to. Um, please him, you know, be one of these sort of people please or yeah, those yeah, parts really yeah. be prominent. So, so they're not going to look for somebody else that you know, doesn't sort of fit what they're, what they're looking for, you know, kind of what mm. they're needing in that disordered way. Mm. And so, so some of it is if you really want to, like you were saying, if you really want to um, be able to love deeply, it's, it's getting your own house in order right first. Mm. And then with the limits and boundaries, most of the time those get set because I'm protecting myself. Yeah. All right. And that's really important. It is important to protect ourselves in appropriate ways. But if we can think about setting those limits and boundaries in a way that helps the other, Mm. that's another step in that whole limits and boundaries thing. Most people are just thinking, I'm setting my limits and boundaries, you know, and it's real. I'm not really thinking about you. I'm just thinking about me. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, There's the next level love. Where the next, right? yeah, the next level love is sort of recognizing. Okay, when I think about limits and boundaries, how can I think of some that are good for me, but also good for you? Because if they are really the right limits and boundaries, they will be good for everybody. There's not a way of setting limits and boundaries that's really good for me, that but that's terrible for you yeah. if we're in relationship. Yeah, you know. So some of it is thinking about okay, how can we have this harmony around what's best in setting limits and boundaries? So, so. Uh, Worst example of of, take, of picking away at somebody, getting them to feel that obligation, or otherwise they're horrible people. Gaslighting, right? Right, right. gaslighting, and uh, and it's named after the old movie Gaslighting, <laughs> where a guy kept turning the the gas yes. light yeah. down in the house, and his wife was like, it's, "It's getting darker in here." He's like, "No, no, I think I think you're just crazy, <laughs> right?" Um, how, how do you deal with that when it's full blown direct gaslighting? Do, do you? Uh, I guess I could have the motive that I'm loving you right now, and here's the wall. I'm loving you by not letting you. Like, how do you respond verbally yep. to gaslighting? Yep. Do you call so, it out and say, you're gaslighting me right now? And by the way, here's the definition, you know? So there are different approaches to that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I suspect that Father Chad Ripperger would, ex- would, would, would want you to confront it, right? Okay. And, and I think it depends on kind of these two approaches to working with narcissists in general. Okay. One is to, um, is to really work with them in a way that allows their defenses to relax and soften, right? That's not going to involve a lot of confrontation usually, mm. all right? The second way is to try to depth charge the defenses, Okay, um, and you huh. see our Lord doing this mm. with narcissists in the gospel. The Pharisees mm. present with the very classic sort of narcissistic symptoms. Wow! Right? Yeah, and and his his approach was to try to depth charge those defenses. Give us an example. So when he calls them white wall sepulchers, broods of vipers. Yeah, you know, you know, when, you know, you lay heavy burdens, you won't yeah, lift yeah. a finger, and the reaction was rage. Wow. The reaction was rage. Why? Because he's exposing them for who they actually are. Now, in that case, he's making moral judgments right. as well. All right. So there's a moral layer to this that he's able to. Now, some people look at that and think, therefore, I should. I'm like, no, he's also God. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> tremendous insight into yeah. this. You know, and so, so when that happens, what, you're, what, he's, what he's doing, I think, is precipitating or attempting to precipitate the 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 puncture of those defenses and wow. then and then the wheels falling off the cart right? out of love out of love so that out of the the ashes of that they can come and experience wow. them so th- but that that way is risky that way you know that way is risky and if you and it's it's often not successful the full frontal here hey boom here it this is this is what you're doing this is what you're doing uh, often it's not successful okay and 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 so if you have the time, if you have the capacity and you have the groundedness, you know, I, I like to play the long game. Okay. I like to play the long game and trust that if the person is willing, because the problem with the, with the Pharisees in, in relating with our Lord was not primarily the narcissism. It was actually primarily the malice. Mm. They're two very different things. Mm. One's in the natural realm, one's in the spiritual realm or the moral realm. Mm. And so... Um, so yeah, so so when you begin to understand what the dynamics are and you understand that emptiness, first of all, you know, it, it actually helps us open our hearts. If I can see somebody who's really angry at me and thinks I'm a terrible therapist and I can see below that uh, is because I, 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 um, I was late for an appointment, all right? Mm. And the way that they took that was that they weren't important. Well, cut okay. to the chase, and you're important to me. Yeah, that's what that's 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 the way that's being interpreted. It's like, see, even my therapist doesn't bother to show up on time. For that me. helps me in a conversation I'm currently having with somebody. Yeah, just the sometimes it's an acting out. It's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, you heard something that I wasn't saying. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the narcissist will always be hearing something you're not saying. Which is nope, or right? you know what? Or they could be hearing something you're saying that you don't know you're saying. <laughs> All right. So they're very sensitive to 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 unacknowledged aggression in others. So um, wow. so if you're angry with them but you're not revealing it, a lot of times they have like parts that are so afraid of being wounded or so vigilant that they can pick up on that before yeah. you even know it. So so sometimes wow. this phenomenon, the sensitivity comes up even in the confessional. Priests will say, sometimes like penitents will tell me what I'm feeling before I'm even aware I'm feeling it. You know, but that's actually a sign that they haven't actually completed a lot of de- wow. a lot of developmental work because infants have that almost like um, preternatural ability to know what you're feeling, oh, yeah. and if, and typically you'll grow out of that. But if you don't get the right kind of care, you actually retain 
that ability in some wow. ways. Wow. So, um, and that can happen when in the more severe kinds of wow. narcissistic presentations. So, with a narcissist who's acting uh, out in a way that's I- impacting you, it's 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 the good thing to draw the boundaries calmly and also articulate you matter. Like literally, it's okay to maybe just say that. If if you're it, loved, if, if, you if, if there's a sense that they could be received, yeah. you know, again, you want to operate in the mode of the receiver. This is the tricky thing, Chris. Yeah. There's no like. 10 Formula. tricks. There's no 10 good tricks to work with. Dang it. There's no, there's no, <laughs> you'd be so, so, so rich really, if you found if, them. If, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so if you can, if you can, um, continue to be present, mm. if you can not need them to not do this or to do this, mm. if you are free enough that they can sort of act out within certain limits. Okay. I mean, obviously mm. if they're, if there's domestic violence, or if there's like, yeah. the, you know emotional abuse of children, any other things like that, we don't we don't we we may have to do some things that are more more um, more uh, limiting, right? Yeah. And that sets the deeper limits. But but if you're in a situation in which you have the space and the time and the and the freedom to be able to take that in to not get destabilized, the problem most people have in working with someone who's narcissistic is that they get destabilized by them. Mm. And if you if they can't rock you, mm. if they can't destabilize you, <laughs> then you've got a base where where you, where you can hold the base so that both of you can can feel safe. Wow! And that 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 stability would force their almost force the healing. It's just like the Lord did with the Pharisees, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't force it, but it, right. but it would encourage it. It, it. it offers a possibility for a different yeah. kind of relating. It offers the possibility for the narcissist to devalue you, to say, I hate you, you're worthless, you're dead to me, and for you to be able to say, I get, I get that you're really angry with wow, me. Wow, wow. You know? so and that's what they didn't often get as kids, right? Little kids, yeah. when they express this sort of stuff, often will get shut down by their parents because their parents get destabilized. You know, you're a bad daddy, yeah, yeah. You know, you're a terrible daddy, oh, some yeah. two-year-old, three-year-old like, says this is like, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, and so then, you know, we start invoking the fourth commandment and we, you know, and we try to teach the kid that that's disrespectful and so forth. But what we're really punishing the kid out of is our own insecurity rather than being able to be with the child Mm. and, and help them say something and help them by saying Mm. something like, I can tell you're really angry at me. Wow. And that's what, that's what a lot of folks with narcissistic dynamics did not get when they Mm. were growing up. They didn't feel seen at all. They weren't, they weren't seen, they weren't heard. And, and I don't want to sound like an apologist for narcissism, okay? Yeah, right, I, right. I, I want to be really clear about that. But the way that we go about this, especially for those of us that, that are Christians, that are, that are Catholics, yeah. right? We really want to try to understand what's going on. But if you are in a close relationship with somebody, it's a parent, it's a spouse, it's a child, it's really hard to get that perspective. So I, I, you know, I want to appreciate for those that are struggling. No, with I this, love this. I, you know, because that. Well, because that, look, here's the high bar of Christianity. <laughs> it's called love. It's really annoying. It's, it's really hard. It would be way easier just to say, "Here's the boundary, and that's it." But the thing that redeems all things, including our boundaries, is what's my motive? I could, I could have just as strong a boundary. I could even say, "You're a brood of vipers." But if my motive is love, is, yeah, that yeah. that elevates, redeems, saves. Uh, I want to land on this question. Uh, now, th- a lot of this, I think we've been addressing people who are in deeper relationship. 
Uh, but let's say, you know, the holidays draw near, uh-huh. right? You're just, this is like triage. Going up, so Thanksgiving is <laughs> yeah, coming up, right. Christmas is coming I'm up. I'm not seeing Uncle uh, Bob all the time, but I know that he's going to yeah. see he's a steamroller, narcissist type. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, you've seen Gallagher, the old comedian, uh, right. right? Smashing watermelons. <laughs> if someone's sitting in the front row, they could love Gallagher. They love him to death, but they're going to wear a trash bag. Right, right. So what's it mean to put on the trash bag as I walk in to, to dinner with Uncle Bob that one time a year? <sighs> Just last minute prep. Lord help me. Yeah. What, what am I doing? So, so first of all, in the spiritual realm, to pray for them, all right, and to pray for what mm-hmm. they need. The second thing, though, is for you to be really well-grounded. It's sort of like this, you know? So I'm, I'm flying out to Denver, right? And the flight yeah, attendants yeah. say, you know, in the, un- in the unlikely event of cabin depressurization, oxygen mass will fall from the ceiling, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you put your own on first, right? Yeah. So, it, so what is most likely to draw out yeah. the, the goodness and the love that is in another person is if you, if you are with them in a way that's, that's loving and that's good. Right, so it's then there's again mm. no quick no quick you know shortcuts for that, but so what I would do is I would look at Uncle Bob as mm. two years old, mm. rejected, mm. condemned, mm. you know, not heard, and and acting out of whatever happened in 1952, you know, or 1970. Wow, remember that most of that is a reaction to things that happened in Uncle Bob before you were even born. Mm. And so when he's reacting to you in the present, it's because it's activating all of this unresolved pain, distress, all of this um, unmetabolized, fragmented um, angst from, from, from years and years ago. That's wow. typically what's happening. Wow. And so this, this is, but this is really different than what we typically understand. Yeah. You know, we, and, and, and we can get, and so the question is, can you go in there and can you say, Uncle Bob's probably going to make some jokes, you know, mm-hmm. that are um, at my expense. Or Uncle Bob's probably going to criticize the way that I dress yeah. or whatever his thing is, right? I'm feeling uncomfortable just thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but can we, yeah. and can we, can we, can we first, um, so primum non nocere, right? This is first do no harm. It, the, yeah. the first thing is to, you know, and sometimes the best course of action is to withdraw. Like if if I can't be in you know in the presence of Uncle Bob and mm. not harm him mm. or not harm or not do something that's wrong, just back then, out. Then to back out, right? Yeah. Um, and and sometimes a tactical retreat that's like the most like sometimes it's the most important military maneuver you can do because mm. even though it's not impressive, it's not going to get you the headlines. Yeah, it saved the army for <laughs> yeah. fight another yeah. day. Oh yeah, right. And to not alienate the yeah. relationship further. Blow so the house up. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and then some of it is um, figuring out like how can you um, how can you prep for it? What would it be like if you were to write Uncle Bob? When was the last time Uncle Bob ever got a handwritten letter from anybody wow. that said he was important and that you're looking forward to seeing wow. him? Wow, you know, Just see the other. <laughs> I, I, I met uh, one of John Paul II's Swiss guards. He said it was awkward and amazing that he would when he would walk up to him, he'd walk right up to him and then stare at him for a solid twenty seconds. And then he would say something. Mm-hmm. It's to see and take in mm-hmm. the other, even, well, no, it, it, maybe especially when the, the others is a source of pain for you. That's what, that's what the Lord does for us. Thank you so much for this. This is really helpful and beautiful. And I know we just, we just open up a can of worms for a lot of people. Where do they go to dive into the entire can of worms? The entire can of worms. <laughs> I have, 
I have 27,587 worms to offer all of, all of, all of your listeners. <laughs> That's a lot of worms. That's a lot of worms. No, if I did a whole series, I, so I'm a podcaster too. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a podcast called Interior Integration for Catholics. Yeah. And the whole series from 118 to 123, episodes number 118 to 123, they're all about narcissism. Okay. So, so, so they just that's, Google, ten, that's like 10 hours. Google yeah, any, interior any podcast, integration. For yeah. Catholics. Google it or you can go to, to soulsandhearts.com okay. slash IIC, which stands for interior integration for Catholics, soulsandhearts.com. That's our big out, online outreach okay. for psych, uh, for psychology and human formation grounded in a Catholic anthropology. But that series, that series, I've had so much positive feedback because we really get into in depth. It's over 10 hours long. Uh, so, and I have a couple of guests, Dr. Peter Martin, who's just excellent psychologist out of Lincoln, Nebraska, and then a family, a marriage and family therapist that has a whole episode, episode 123, which is all about how you work with uh, family members. And we had, we had a live audience. Beautiful. We had people, you know, kind of uh, oh, awesome. asking questions. So would encourage so you especially if, that So one. if you want 10 hours of that, I hope you don't <laughs> need that. But if, you, if you're watching thinking, I need that before Thanksgiving, um, you know where to find it. Hey, yeah. thank you so much, man. It is I, so good to be here, man. Yeah, thank you. you. Too. Man, wouldn't it be so easy to be a Christian and to love people if it weren't for all the people that we have to love? <laughs> Even and especially the difficult ones. Listen, if you've been on the receiving end of conflict in your life and, and, and things have been really tough for you with family, with friends, with people in your life who have, who have had narcissistic tendencies that have really hurt you, don't ask God, why me? Say, okay, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Because every time there's a conflict in your life, God is trying to strengthen a part of you, to raise up a part of you, to crack open and shine his light into different parts of your heart to heal and bless you and expand your capacity for love. So as you learn to interact next level with Christian love, with really difficult people, which you and me can be sometimes too, that's for the next episode, um, pray, Lord, show me what you want me to learn for myself in the midst of this interaction. I love you guys. Thanks for being with us. Again, like, subscribe, share, become a missionary joy. And if you want to skip around to the parts of the episode that maybe just pertain to you, sign up for our newsletter. It's on reallifecatholic.com. We send that out every week with this episode, along with different places where you could click. Just if you don't have all the time in the world to watch the 30-minute episode where you could fast forward to the parts that you need. We love you.